Hey everybody, uh, week three of home liturgy. Uh, I'm back with another talking head video, which you know I love so much. Um, so I'll try to be as non-awkward as possible in doing this. Um, hopefully you're walking through the liturgy right now uh, with your family or with your community group on Zoom, in your house, wherever, on a phone call. Um, it's best if you can gather with someone, anyone, so that you can have a response if reading that kind of participatory, interactive way of thinking through and having the scripture and the gospel spoken to you. If you can find ways to sing or listen to songs, uh, that will help that soak into your heart, which we need now in a time of uh, COVID for the next 30 days locked in our houses as much as possible. Um, so we're going to look at Psalm 23. We've structured the service around Psalm 23 today. So I'm going to spend a few minutes just reflecting on that and giving you some, uh, hopefully some helpful um, uh, thoughts about what's going on in that very familiar Psalm. Before I do that, I briefly want to explain why we've removed communion. You may see that it's not in the liturgy. Uh, there's a brief explanation in there. I wanted to expand upon that just a little bit. So this will be short. Um, but as we've done communion, uh, in we've put it in the home liturgy, and some of you have done it at home, and some of us have done it in community groups. And there's just, I've, I've, Lem and I have done a lot of talking, a lot of thinking, uh, a lot of talking with others. Just how do we do something that is very tangible and very communal and very participatory as, uh, as a definition? Like, that's what it is, is we gather for that. How do we do that when we can't gather? Um, and the more I've thought about it and, and prayed about it, um, I've really begun to feel, become convinced that the wisest course of action for us as a church right now, um, not because we think that communion is unimportant, but because we think it's so important that we're not going to put it in the liturgy again. Uh, we're not going to, we're going to discourage you from practicing it or doing it again until we gather um, as a church so that we can do it in its proper place and its proper time and with its proper effect as a gathered act of the church. Um, there's just no way to replicate it digitally, distributed, um, and and when we do that, we we always lose something. And all everything we're doing for worship, we're losing something. It, we're not. Um, none of this is a replacement for being together and worshiping as a church. And I hope you feel that the way that we've worshipped over the past six months hopefully has impressed upon you that. Um, what we do when we gather is something special. It's something unique. It's something that you just can't replicate with a screen. You just can't replicate by yourself. Um, it requires us to be together in person, walking through the liturgy in this communal, participatory, embodied, incarnational way. Um, and so we're feeling that, I'm feeling that lack. Uh, I, I hope you're feeling that lack uh, if you've worshiped with us. Um, you can hopefully feel that there is something missing. Um, and so instead of try to uh, do all we can to make that feeling of lack go away, um, I want us to lean into that feeling of lack, uh, a feeling of longing, a feeling of waiting, a feeling of hoping that someday we can gather again and experience worship the way that it is intended to be done. And so in the meantime, um, this pushes us, uh, a fast is always something that pushes us to prayer and to more dependence upon God. And so I want to encourage you in that as you're waiting, as you're wishing and hoping, ah, why can't we do communion? Can we do it? Um, to just 
when you have that feeling, as you would with a fast, to stop and, and thank God for the gathered church, to ask him to teach you, teach us, teach you something new uh, in it. Um, I found this. This is a, a, a book by Don Whitney about spiritual practices, and he quotes somebody, but he says this. I thought this was really helpful for me in thinking through this. He says, um, the early uh, Christians believed that a person's appetites are linked. Full stomachs and jaded palates take away the edge from our hunger and thirst for righteousness. They spoil the appetite for God. Um, so as we have this season of fasting from the table and from a lot of other things, um, it's actually kind of what I'm going to talk about in a minute in Psalm 23. Um, may it encourage us to reignite our actual hunger for God and for his sacraments and for his word and for being together uh, as a church. So I want to pray um, long distance for you in this moment while you do worship. Um, and then I want to talk about Psalm 23. So Father, um, wherever and whenever this video is watched, um, wherever people are gathered, wherever Redeemer people are gathered, I ask that you bless them, uh, that you would give them a, a sense of your presence um, a calm spirit um, that should be one of the primary defining characteristics of a Christian, a calm spirit, um, because we know and trust you as the sovereign God. Uh, teach us now from Psalm 23. Uh, open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to you. We pray it in your name. Amen. So Psalm 23, one of the most famous Psalms, maybe the most famous passage in the Bible. Hopefully you just read it. If you haven't read it, hit pause, go read it, then come back um, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit. But Lem, Lem and I talked earlier this week about structuring our service around uh, this psalm just because of uh, its unique uh, and I think powerful imagery in a season of confusion and chaos. And, you know, we keep saying that and yet it just keeps getting more confusing and more chaotic and um and so this is more than ever, we need to be backing in the word, hearing that God is our shepherd. Um, and so as I meditated on this psalm, listened to it, read it, thought it, spoke it over and over the past few days, just thinking about what, what's most important for us to hear and think about right now uh, from this psalm, I could not get my mind away from, I was sort of fixated on the second half of the first line. Um, and that is simply the line that says, I shall not want. It's a hard line, right? <laughs> um, the NIV translates it as I shall lack for nothing. And it's just, it's a hard, <laughs> you read that and it, on the surface, it just feels false, right? Like <laughs> there's, there's a, there's nothing more human than lack, right? There's nothing more human than not having all that we want or all that we feel like we need, right? We, we run to material goods. I, I don't lack food or I don't lack shelter. I don't, but if you, if you start to think a little more deeply about it, um, you think about existential things. Like I lack time to do what I want to do. I lack sleep, probably of my own fault, but still I lack, I lack sleep half the time. I don't have enough sleep. Maybe it's my kids waking me up. Maybe it's that I just don't, I'm sick and I'm waking up. Like I, I lack, I lack sleep. I lack happiness, right? I go through all these days and I just feel uh, half the time I'm not happy. And so that's a lack. I lack joy. Um, 
I more more other other more tangible that I like information. I found myself constantly running, finding trying to read more information, learn more things. I feel like I don't have the information that I need. Um, I lack the money to do what I want to do, to buy what I want to buy. Um, and then there's there's the um, the sort of qualitative things. I lack uh, forgiveness. Right, I need to forgive other people, and I. I don't. I can't. I can't find it in myself <laughs> to forgive. I lack that forgiveness, or I lack um, confidence to do uh, what I feel like God's called me to do, or just to get through the day. Um, I lack love of my neighbor. I lack love of God. I lack desire to read the Word. I lack um, power to. Uh, to actually execute on the things I want. I mean, there, there's there, my entire experience uh, from from the moment I wake up and I feel lack of energy to the minute I go to sleep and I again feel lack of energy. I, there's a there's just this constant nagging sense of lack that uh, invades or is and sometimes it's more there than others. Uh, first world or we we have hashtag first world problems like we our lacks are maybe like I lack cough enough coffee or i you know i lack whatever i lack a subscription to hulu so i can't watch the show i want to we have these first world lacks but but overall we exist um in in lack like that's our standard uh the most common feeling we can have is that we just don't measure up we don't have enough we don't we don't have what we need and then uh, we have a pandemic. <laughs> and and so the, the sort of garden variety standard stock lack that we feel every day is now exacerbated by this intense season of lack. This is a season of lack. You, you now have people losing jobs, people in our own congregation losing jobs, losing wages, losing money on investments. Um, you, we've lost fellowship we can't we just talked about communion we lost communion with one another uh, we can obviously go to god by ourselves but we've lost that communion um, of actual the lord's table we've lost that we've lost gathered worship um we've lost a friend of mine uh, as a pastor one of his me members just died of covid um lost life like we're being confronted more than uh normal at least if not more than ever um lack and loss uh, and feeling the weight of that and so you read the psalm and you say you hear david who you, you know david's th this big figure in the bible but we get him saying the lord is my shepherd i shall not one i shall lack nothing and we go what what does that even mean what 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 does it mean for me to lack nothing when my daily normal everyday average experience and now more than ever experiencing lack so how can we say and how can we believe and how can we experience this statement i will lack nothing in this season right now um it reminds me of augustine's fam famous line you've probably heard it but he says our hearts are restless until they find their rest in the in god um, the idea being that 
when we experience all of those lacks and you can go and pause the video and write down everything that you think and feel like you lack right now this is the benefit of being able to pause me uh and not have to keep listening is pause write down all the things that you lack maybe if you're in a community group setting as soon as this is done talk about that what do you feel like you lack right now or what do what are you what are you experiencing a lack in and how are you trying to feel full from that how are you trying to fill the feeling of that lack because our current situation of being forced in our homes we're we're kind of scared to go to the grocery store and we're scared to do anything or we're not supposed to leave and we can't go to the park we can't go to the greenway and you can't take your kids here and you can't and we're just stuck we're being confronted with this lack and the question of how are we going to feel how are we going to be satisfied be full in the midst of this most acute lack is uh is very strong and it's going to confront us with how we are actually in normal life trying to fill that lack because when times are good we can pretend we can actually go out and get things that we want that will make us feel at least temporarily full but right now it's much harder to do that and so you are staring your emptiness and your lack of anything and everything right in the face and so when we read david saying this he says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want i shall not lack anything we need a better way to understand that that allows us to actually experience the joy and contentment of God. Because David's not saying, I'm not going to have any physical lack. He's not saying, I'm not going to die. He's not saying that everything that I want is going to come true. He's not saying that I'm not going to be bolted into my house, that I can't go to the grocery store, that I'm not going to lose my job. He's not saying any of those things. He's not saying that our physical or existential needs that we feel in the moment are going to be immediately full. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying your felt needs will be met. What he is saying <laughs> is that your actual need for God is always met. That's the actual need. Now, we get so confused about wants and needs. Chris and I, in our budget, we actually a few years ago had to decide. We we decided making we started making new categories instead of just home. We now have a home needs and a home wants category, so that we force ourselves to differentiate between things that we want and things that we need when we spend. Um, when we come to this passage and we say, "I shall not want," we immediately want that to mean that everything that we think we need will be filled, and that's not what it means at all. It means that our actual need, our need to be connected relationally to God, to be restored to God, to be reconciled to God, to the one who made us and is in charge of everything and loves us and is seeking us out and is caring for us, that need, which is our actual need and in the end is our only true need, is always met by God. So as you confront, as you stare your lack, write them down, think about it. What do you feel like you lack? How are you seeking to meet that? And how does that connect with the fact that God is here and present and meeting the actual need that you have? It doesn't mean God doesn't care about our physical needs. He does, and he, he meets them as he sees fit. 
Um, there's lots of other promises in scripture where we talk about that. You think of the um, Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, don't be afraid of what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. These are physical, tangible needs that God is providing and does provide for us as he sees fit. But ultimately, you are going to die. I am going to die. Maybe it's by COVID in the next month. Maybe it's 25, 40, 80 years from now. But in the end, death is not a failure of God to meet our needs. <laughs> Think about that. Death, your death, is not a failure by God to meet your needs because your need is much more than just staying alive for the time being. Your, your need is a spiritual, deep spiritual need to be restored relationally. I've said this over and over. In the Bible, wholeness is always relational. Relational wholeness with God, relational wholeness with others, relational wholeness with yourself, and relational wholeness with the world. And God is in the midst of us and he is shepherding us and caring for us to, to give us and satisfy the things that we actually need. And we need to meditate on that and believe it. So here's three things, three things that you can do and think about practices I want to encourage to help you do this. One, fear God, not the virus. Okay, can't say this enough. <laughs> do not fear is the most common command in the Bible. Is the virus scary? Sure. Is the economic failure scary? Yes. Should we be afraid? No. <laughs> the news gets scarier every day. The numbers get bigger to the point where like, I can't even process all these numbers anymore. We're just ordered to stay at home until April 30th. And yet, do not be afraid. God is our shepherd. He is actively meeting our real needs. Calvin says, what we must constantly keep in mind is that all afflictions are God's rod. It's imagery from Psalm 23. And therefore, there is no remedy for them other than God's grace. Every affliction is God's rod. You see, even afflictions come from and are shepherded by God to drive us back to him. And therefore, he both gives and takes away. He restores what he himself has broken in order that we might come and understand that we need him more than we need anything else. The way of saying this in Latin is quorum Deo, before the face of God. The idea that you live your day in and day out is lived before the face of God, that he is there and present. So the question is, if I looked at your daily routine, would I know, would I be able to diagnose that you find your confidence and hope and satisfaction in God? Or do I see you needing specific uh, satisfactions of particular lacks in order to say that you're okay today? Is God enough? <laughs> Is he present? Do you believe he's present? Do you engage with him as present in a way where you can experience the same thing that David says, I lack nothing? Like we can thrive right now in the midst of this because we, because God is never, he's not less present now than he was before. And so we can thrive now just as we can thrive a month ago because God is present and he is giving us everything that we need, right? Our greatest fear, the fear that drives us is the dread of death. And it can only be met, it can only be fixed by the redemption that Jesus offers through his death and resurrection and ascension and promise to return. That's that that reality must dominate the way that we understand and interpret our lack. If 
fear God, not the virus. To soak in scripture, not the news. I want to encourage you as strongly as possible, exhort you to read the news once a day. I have not even been taking my own advice. I'm trying to do better. Read it in the morning for five minutes and don't look at it again. The more you soak in that, the more you will be determined and dictated and dominated by by the stuff that you're reading. And in the words of our beloved president, 75% of it is fake news. It's just not true. It's gossip. It's slander. It's wild speculation. Stop it. Stop reading the news. Stop being driven by that. Read the scriptures. God is here. He is present. He is calming. He is affirming. He is loving. He is shepherding. He is guiding. But you're not going to see that by just reading the news. Anytime you want to read the news, go read Psalm 23. Go read a psalm. Spend time in the psalm. Spend time in prayer. Force yourself, if you have to, uh, find ways uh, to soak in the truths of the scripture, not in the news. Are you singing? Singing, I've thought this before. Music exists to get things from here to here. We need to be singing so that it will get into our hearts and we'll believe that God is present and meeting our needs. Fear God, not the virus. Soak in scripture, not the news. And the third is extend as you find lacklessness, right? As you experience what David is saying, that you lack nothing, can you extend that to others? Because you have hope in God that you're not afraid of the virus, extend that to other people. The most, one of the things that should be the most characteristic of Christians is calmness. <laughs> Calm, peace, because we found what we're looking for in Christ. When we are panicked, when we are frantic, when we are anxious, when we are running around, when we don't understand, when we when we display that that we are out of control, we are telling the world we don't believe that God is in control. We should be a calm, faithful presence in our homes and our neighborhoods right now because we believe that God is there. So then extend that. Make a call, send a text, write a note, pick up groceries, do what you can to extend the feeling of peace and lacklessness that you experience by knowing that God is here. Extend that to others in whatever way that you can while you are stuck in your house. Brainstorm with your community group. How can you love the people around you right now? How can you extend the, the, the peace that you've found to other people? Fear God, not the virus. Soak in scripture, not the news. Extend your lacklessness. <laughs> I didn't know of a better way to say it uh, to others. Let me pray for us. Pray for our offering as we would in service. Um, and then you can move on with the liturgy. Father, I pray uh, for uh, all of your people. I pray for Redeemer people that you would give them the peace of Psalm 23, knowing that you are the shepherd who is with us, who is not only the creator and the sustainer of all the world, but is also present and loving uh, right here with us, fulfilling uh, the need that we have for relational wholeness and restoration with you. I pray that you would um, teach us this day, um, shepherd our hearts. I pray that as we uh, give, as we give this week, whatever time we give, that you would, as we mail a check, or give online that you would um, 
that you would remind us that even in this season of lack, um, of extra lack, that you are good, that you love us, that you care for us, um, and that out of that we return a heart of thanksgiving um, and generosity to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. All right, carry on.